Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. My guest today shared some very personal stories of abuse. While brief and short on detail, some listeners should consider this their content warning. Victoria Henderson is a burgeoning life coach, a trauma survivor, and a student of the universe. I gave her that moniker. She did not give that to herself. I think that that's a great way to describe her. And I think you will too after you listen to our conversation. She dealt with abuse from both family and partners, but the bulk of our conversation focused on healing and moving forward. I want to thank her for telling her story. So perhaps you know, for some of you listening, you can hear the hope in her words. I want to thank Alan Little, who is a life coach who introduced us. Also, I've added a new segment. After my mid-episode break, I'm going to give a product review. I promised on my Instagram page a few weeks ago after I received some samples of some products that I would do a review. So have a listen, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So today on Keep Them Coming, I am joined by someone that I met recently at a workshop. We were both working on what we will do one day for our TEDx presentations. And I always appreciate somebody who's got confidence and willing to get up in front of a room and share their idea. And when she shared her story, I was just struck by how powerful it was. And, and I thought it was one that my listeners some might resonate with and some just really need to hear. So Victoria, thank you so much for joining me on my show today. You are welcome. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, where to begin? So I grew up part of my life in California. I was actually a pastor's kid. Mm -hmm. And so we traveled around while my dad helped plant churches and build churches. And then really... So I grew up in that, but at home, our life was a lot different than what you would think the typical Christian home was. Mm. And that's kind of where my story begins. Do you want me to just keep going? Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, so at probably, well, I was the baby of three brothers and I was the only girl. So growing up, it they were a lot older, about 12 years difference mm. between me and my oldest brother. And I went through not only like physical abuse with older brothers, mm -hmm. but also some sexual abuse mm -hmm. is just kind of the, the beginning of my story and dealt with being surrounded by a lot of different addictions. Mm -hmm. And as a little girl seeing, you know, your family portraying to be a certain image and then living in a different kind of pain, mm -hmm. I really lost myself in that at the at a very very young age. Kind of lost my well, never really discovered my identity and became the identity of the crisis that surrounded my family. Mm. So I grew up in that, watched my brothers kind of go in and out of jail, deal with alcohol, drugs, even 
you know, like pornography was present in my family and just like really everyone in my family was dealing with something and I was just a little girl that was confused. That's a lot for a kid. Yeah, especially when you talk about that duality of the presentation that your family was trying to give to the community versus what you saw behind closed doors and and not really being able to develop any sort of identity because there was no consistency. Right. That's a lot for a kid. Yeah. To not know like, well, you're saying this, but you're doing this. So where, where do I stand? Where do we stand as a family? Yeah, exactly. I was actually writing something the other day because I had something that triggered that little girl feeling very afraid and just feeling so much rejection at a very, very young age and just looking for validation, which really led to me looking for that a lot in my life, which then, you know, as I got older, I started to look for that validation in a lot of other ways that were really unhealthy, bouncing from relationship to relationship, coming out of Like going into high school, I actually was really overweight in junior high. Going into high school, I lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And then people started to notice me. Changes people's attitudes towards you when you lose weight, doesn't it? Exactly. But I still had this mentality that I wasn't good enough Mm -hmm. and dealt with a lot of depression. And then my junior year of high school, my brother was in actually a really, really bad alcohol-related accident. Mm -hmm. And his car blew up with him and his two best friends. And he got third degree burns on 30% of his body. And his two best friends actually passed away. Mm. Oh, wow. So going from having no identity to finally getting some attention to basically becoming completely involved in that accident and losing my identity to that entire situation because we all went to the same school. So I was no longer myself I was identified with that situation and my Mm -hmm. brother and the accident and shortly after that accident he actually ended up going to prison because since it was alcohol related he was only 18 but he was his best friends died in it Mm -hmm. and because of him being 18 he was able to actually be sentenced as an adult Mm -hmm. so he got sentenced to eight years 11 months in prison and then my whole entire family like spiraled even more out of control but that was kind of the beginning of me spiraling out of control went through sexual abuse as a teenager and then that kind of was my tipping point and so I ran off to Alaska got married to somebody I didn't know it became abusive but I was also pregnant Mm. Mm mm-hmm so you never really got the chance to deal with the sexual trauma that you experienced as a teen. And then here you are being re-traumatized as a young woman. Again, so that's a lot. It was, it was a lot. And then I found out I was pregnant. And I not only you know didn't know who I was, but now I was going to have to help somebody else mm-hmm. become who they are. <laughs> and just trying to figure all that out became... A very, very dark place. Um, went through a lot of depression. Fast forward a couple years, I did end up getting divorced. Mm-hmm. But coming out of that divorce, I was still that girl who needed validation, who was insecure, broken, which led me to 
jumping from relationship to relationship in between dealing with a lot of um just fill in the void with alcohol with sex with drugs with whatever I could do to not deal with the pain Mm -hmm. and then it's pretty typical it's what we all try to do is just not not feel it yeah find anything that we can to suppress that so yeah I definitely did not want to feel it nor did I really know how to even handle it Mm -hmm. um most people handle trauma in situations like that with faith (laughs) and or some type of spiritual belief but from what I had seen you know I grew up in that so it was like well if there was a God or if there was somebody watching out for me or you know where were they Mm -hmm. and so I lost any type of faith I almost I wouldn't say that I was atheist but I just didn't really believe anything Mm -hmm. or it was just completely like turned off to any type of religious talk so it was like I'm gonna do my thing and from there I even like tried to take my life um and I think I just eventually got to this place where it was like okay all of these things have happened and I was just gonna continue to go down And I had became everything that I witnessed my entire life that I didn't want to be. Mm -hmm. How old were you at that point? I was probably 22. Mm. Oh, such a young age to like feel like everything's just so. My heart always goes out to there's a lot of people that I know who have really first contemplated suicide is in their like teens and 20s. And it's like, gosh, it's just. Because if you can convince people to understand, like, it it gets better, it can get better, like, getting them through that point is so hard sometimes. Because that's that time period where, like, if you didn't get the love that you deserve, like, it's so hard to understand why people can't just get their shit together. Right. And, like, treat their kids right or treat their spouses right. And, you know, it's that feeling of, like, these people were supposed to love me. Yeah. And they didn't. They haven't been there for me. They haven't helped me formulate into, like, an adult. And I deserved that. Right. But, man. I, I just, would I'm, say. I'm glad you're still here. Yeah. Me too. But, you know, a lot of us talk about what we've been through and then what you're doing now. But so few people talk about kind of how, how they pulled themselves out of that and how they moved forward. Um, I think that was when we first talked, the most powerful part of your story is the fact that you really had to do this for yourself and for your child and kind of just figure out like, all right, I'm feeling this bad. How do I get out of it? So what, what after that point where, you know, you share what you just shared about almost taking your life and having to realize like there has to be something different. Like what, what did you really start to do on your path at that point? Well, I would say some of it was just so much anger that I was wanted to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be the start of it. I don't suggest like just getting <laughs> angry, but I was so angry inside. When when I did try to take my life, um, I got basically, I had to volunteer to get help mm-hmm. because I they took my son away. And it took me a little bit even then after to get 
like you said, like get your shit together. Mm-hmm. But that was probably my first like awakening that I was like, I have to do something. I didn't know what, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was that summer I was just surrounded by a group of people and I always the way that I remember this situation it was almost like a time stood still moment where something clicked and I was like this isn't how it has to end Mm -hmm. I didn't know you know at the time what that looked like you know how to get out of it but it was a mental shift of wait I don't have to do this and it was like I was ran by my emotions for so long. I saw everybody in, that I was surrounded with constantly be run by their emotion and make decision based off emotion. It was like in that moment, it didn't matter what I was feeling. It was a choice that I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be surrounded by the same group of people in five years and still be closing down a bar on a Tuesday night in five years. And then that anger of just like, I'm a very like type A, like really hard headed person. And so when people tell me I need to get help or that you can't do things by yourself and you need support, I got very angry and I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. (laughs) So that was the start of just, I wanted to prove everybody wrong. And then it kind of turned into shifting from like, an alcohol and drug issue to I just was started like getting into the fitness side of things um I wanted to stop drinking and I also had gained a lot of weight from partying all the time Mm -hmm. and I started to first I just started taking like baby steps to working out so instead of going to the bar I started working out And that was the beginning of me learning to love myself. Mm -hmm. It was something like I'm an all-in person. So like I'm now in sales and I'm, but somebody who like really spoke to me during my, that time in my life was Grant Cardone. I don't know if you know who he is, but he used to be a drug addict and now he's like just one of the main, like most well-known sales he has like books. Kind of like a sales and, influencer. Uh, yeah, sales mm-hmm. influencer. But he has books and all kinds of stuff. But he has a book that's all about how it's called Be Obsessed or Be Average. And it's all about how he took his obsessive behavior toward drugs and alcohol and he turned it into his future mm-hmm. and passion for building. I really like resonated with that and was like, if he can do it, I can do it. And so I started to put that into my workouts and that passion for or that like obsessive behavior I guess became in a like an addiction in a healthy way Mm -hmm. it really helped me to overcome a lot of the self-esteem issues that I had especially coming out of physical and sexual abuse so from there I started to respect myself a little bit more and really just used the like the mental battle of overcoming a workout when you want to quit became kind of fuel for me to overcome some of the emotional issues that I was dealing with but it's all been like really little baby steps I started reading personal development books that's been probably the most influential part of the journey is when I started working out I also started 
like once a day probably I would listen to an audiobook. I started with a codependent book mm-hmm. um, called Codependent No More and that like was like a light switch went on I was like oh my gosh I'm codependent. I was attracted to so many addicts and ha- had so many ad- relationships with addicts and because of that codependent behavior and I actually felt like it made me feel better about myself to help somebody mm-hmm. and it was just a vicious cycle mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was the beginning I was like oh okay I should probably stop letting POSs into, <laughs> yes. into my life yes you should and that really helped but I still you know it, it wasn't an overnight thing it took me you know I'm 27 now so it's been a four-year process of healing but that was definitely then you know the beginning of what is now mm-hmm. I think people will often downplay the importance of reading a powerful book you know when when you say like well you should you should really go read this book by you know so and so sometimes people are just like oh, what's a book going to do for me but it, they can seriously be very very powerful when it's something that is timely and topical and like you say once you kind of get into it and you start seeing what you resonate with um, yeah, I think that self-help books, personal development books can, can be incredibly, incredibly powerful in our journeys and discovering like what, what tools do we really need in our toolbox? What do we really need to understand about ourselves and about others as well? Yeah. So, so you start off with a codependency book. What other books did you kind of go through in the last few years that you feel have really been helpful for your journey? Um, I read about a book a month. Oh, wow. Nice. So that's how impactful it's been in my life. Like if I'm not growing and learning about myself, like as you read books, you're going to find things that, like you said, resonate with you. And as those things resonate, I've, I'm very, I've become very self-reflective. So I'm like, okay, why did that part of that book speak to me? Mm-hmm. And that's really helped me to like unfold who I am and like things that trigger me or things, um, I even had a moment the other day where I I read something in a book and it was like all these flashbacks of memories of that of abuse that I didn't remember until that moment Mm -hmm. of like when I was a child. And but if you don't reflect on those things, it's kind of like a knee jerk reaction. If you aren't knowing why you're reacting to things, then you're going to continue to react and it's just a vicious cycle. Mm So I've found with books, especially like whatever I'm struggling with, if somebody is triggering me, like whether it be in a relationship with like a significant other or a friendship or even, you know, family, whatever the trigger is, you'll find me the next day probably digging into a book about it because I'm trying to get to the bottom of where is this coming from? How do I heal from it? How do I overcome it? Um, But I've read, man so many different things like a lot of Gabby Bernstein, Rachel Hollis, mm-hmm. um, Jen Sincero. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Mm-hmm. Even like Grant Cardone, he's more in sales, but let's see who else. Um, Eck- even like Eckhart Tolle, or Eckhart Tolle, I think mm-hmm. is how you say his name. Now I'm really into like holistic stuff. I like Dr. Joe Dispenza, but just really getting into the universe and mm-hmm. 
the vibrational frequencies and how trauma and emotional pain and everything affects like your physical body. So it's kind of been like this evolving process. It started very baseline and then it's just kind of really evolved. Getting more and more esoteric. Yes, really evolving into some really incredible... Yeah, I'm smiling real big right now because she talks about like vibrational frequencies of the universe. I'm like, yes, girl, you're getting into it now. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's been like the the coolest thing in the last year. So I started meeting with a life coach and we really started to dig into my trauma and my pain. So I did a lot of, I I became obsessive over that then. You Mm -hmm. know, once we started to dig into my trauma, I started reading just so many different books in the spiritual realm of Mm self-discovery and like there's a book called calling in the one and you think you know you're manifesting your significant other but really you're just calling in yourself and Mm -hmm. discovering who you are so that you even know what you want yeah that book was incredible for me and Mm -hmm. then so I started meeting with a life coach we started to really dig into all kinds of stuff and I started to really sit with the pain. Mm-hmm. I thought I had come a long way, and I did. But as far as like actually healing, I hadn't gotten to that place. You know, I was still feeling so many emotions. Although I was choosing to not react to them, internally I felt like just this tornado all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of close relationships. I wasn't holding down any type of intimate relationship because I had so much anxiety about every little thing and I was getting triggered. Um, Mm -hmm. But the last year, it's just been like the coolest thing digging into the the spiritual and it's like the missing piece. It's not religion. Mm -hmm. It's completely Mm -hmm. different. Like I've been hit over the head with the universe just showing up or God, or whatever you want to call it. Source, anything, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you decide it is. To the, like, most extreme ways of just, like, probably every single day. I don't know if you believe in, like, the double-digit thing or, like, seeing your number. Mm -hmm. I even wake up in the middle of the night and see my number. Like, I get, like, awoken, and I'll look, and it's my number. And it's just, like, so many things that the universe is showing me like I'm in alignment now and just like synchronicity and Mm -hmm. but that's been the last year it's just one thing after another after another I would be reading something and then I would meet up with somebody like you and then we would talk about the same thing and it would get brought up in conversation and you're like oh my gosh I was just reading about that it's like your confirmation that you're supposed to be you're supposed to be here or you're supposed to be learning about this. You're supposed to be in this moment. You're supposed to be present for this thing. Yeah. It's, exactly. I'm a big believer in that when you are really listening, when you are really truly open to what the universe has to offer you, that is when you just start seeing everything coming in that you need to at that moment. When I was doing my certification, as soon as I would learn something, I got a client that would reach out to me about that subject. Yeah. There are times where like, somebody will get on my brain or I'll see something and then all of a sudden like they're coming in from different directions and then I get an introduction to them or again I'm thinking about a certain topic or a thing and then that just is what I'm constantly seeing to give you pay attention when you're on the right track to give you a precise moment that was like holy shit (laughs) I 
one of the really toxic relationships, it wasn't even a relationship. It was kind of like a fling, but it was somebody I had trusted. And it was like a three month thing with this person. But we actually, I was their boss. And so we had to like keep it on the DL. Well, meanwhile, they were also somebody with like a serious illness. And so I kind of was blindsided. They were really using that to manipulate me in a lot of different ways. And I found out after they quit their job that they had been living with their girlfriend. And Mm. so that, like I was so messed up emotionally from that and just so confused because I was with them every single day. Like how did I not know? Right. That's some, that that's some they straight were up manipulation. In a relationship. <laughs> that's a straight up manipulation there in their part for sure. So I lost all self trust during that, which kind of I'm getting off track. But that's <laughs> no, okay. So one of the things that as I reflected and was trying to heal from that situation, I knew he was no longer with that girl. But when I did find out that all that was going on, I I reached out to her at the time. And of course, she responded in anger because what else would you do, you know? She didn't believe me because I'm just a random person, you know? And But I had talked to my best friend. I was like, how crazy would it be if I, like, connected with her and there was healing for both of us? Mm-hmm. Kid you not, <laughs> the very next day... She ended up in my Instagram messages, reaching out to me, being like, would you be open to talking sometime and all this stuff? And I was like, okay, like I spoke those words and I would have thought that that would never happen, you know? So it was just like a lot of random, really weird things like that. And it was like a ton of people from my past flowing in to allow me to mend areas that were broken. Mm-hmm. And like you say, just see what healing can be possible with yeah. a conversation over coffee or something like that. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's funny how you when things just start lining up. They really do it's, just line up. It's I've just been as you can tell, I'm speechless, but it's just been so many different things like that in my life. Mm-hmm. And when all of that started happening, I was actually getting into my first real relationship after quite a bit of time Mm -hmm. we're not together now but a lot of that synchronicity was happening within that relationship where it was like I realized something was triggering me I'd work through it and instead of being needy for instance just getting a certain reaction of support I guess would be I wouldn't feel like I need this type of reaction to feel supported Mm mm-hmm In the past, I would have probably had a knee-jerk reaction to react in a way that was attention-seeking or whatever. This time, I would get out my journal and I would just be like, okay, so what is causing me to feel like I need this from this person? I firmly believe that we all have everything we need within us Mm -hmm. and that when you can become... like. We all desire and need connection with people, but if you can get to a point where you're self-sufficient in the way that you give and receive love, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. then you're able to give love without any expectation. So that's really what I would do is anytime I was feeling like I need this from him or whatever, I was taking it to like my journal and just 
discovering what is it that is making me feel like I need this or what do I need to give myself? As soon as I would have it resolved, it was like he would give it to me and I didn't even have to ask for it. Like, <sighs> what was that? You know, it's like a moment of I've released my expectation mm-hmm. and because I released it, the universe brought it to me. That's something I definitely want to talk a little bit more about. Let's take a quick break. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. A few weeks ago, I came home and there was a pink package waiting for me at my door. It was from my pure romance consultant, Kelly Jackson, who's been on my show before. You can check out her episode called Grown Up Sex Ed. She had promised me she would hook me up with some samples, and she did not disappoint. The first product that I want to talk about that she sent me to try out is, I may butcher the pronunciation of this, but it's Haley by Pure Romance. It's H-E-L-I. It's got like a, you know, the dash over the E. So I'm guessing at the pronunciation here, it might sound like a country girl saying Haley, but uh, that's what I used to be, so... And if you get me a little too tipsy, you'll hear that country accent come out again. Anyway, so Haley by Pure Romance is a CBD water-based lube. So CBD has been everywhere lately. It's all over. It's in all the things. You can get it in so many forms. And yes, one of those now is also personal lubricant. So You could also listen to episodes before uh, with Dr. Kelsey Beach. We talked about lubrication, has a bad reputation. That's that episode. So a water-based lubricant is really good for anything. You can use it with silicone-based toys. You can use it with condoms. Now, the one thing that Kelly at Grown Up Sex Ed did say is that CBD, you know, there's not been a ton of research about it, so it's not really known for sure if it's rated to be okay with condoms, especially latex condoms. So that is just something to keep in mind. Not everybody who's using lube is using a form of barrier protection. So yeah, but just keep that in mind that again, it's not saying that it's not good for it. It's just, there's not because of what's been going on with cannabis throughout the history of our country. We don't have the scientific research to say yay or nay. So Probably better safe than sorry when it comes to using condoms and this particular CBD lube. So look, the thing about CBD being in lube isn't about, um, you know, a lot of people use CBD cream for pain management um, or to reduce inflammation. And so, so yeah, obviously, I mean, that's something that you're trying to do with your vulva or vagina. Um, I, I would say this is probably more of a product for vulva vagina owners who are wanting some form of penetration, whether that's from a a penis or a toy rather than using this for the anus. I normally recommend um, for anal play that you're going to use a silicone or an oil base just because it doesn't reabsorb into your anus. So again, I think that this product would probably be best for vagina owners wanting some form of penetration. Look, I have been recommending this to some of my clients who have vaginismus. I actually have three clients currently who are struggling with that, and two of the three have gone ahead and tried a CBD lubricant. Not this particular one, but another one that's on the market. And they have said that between doing their pelvic PT exercises and adding the CBD lubricant, that they've not experienced any painful intercourse since doing both of those things together. 
I've got a third client who hasn't added the lubricant who did have some pain recently, so she's going to try that, then that way she's got a before and after comparison. I do have a personal before and after story as well. Uh, I do have a partner who is very well endowed, and the first time we had intercourse, I it was some positions were really not comfortable, and I had to stop, uh, change positions, ask them to slow down or not go so hard. I couldn't take it. <laughs> Just being real, I couldn't take it. So the next time I said, hey, I have this lube that I got sent. I want to try it out and see if it helps. And shit you not, holy shit did we have a fun night. I had no pain whatsoever that evening during intercourse in any position whatsoever. I was I didn't have any feelings of like pain and bloating the next day. Sometimes that's what happens is like your guts kind of feel like they hurt. Okay, one thing he did say is we did have oral intercourse after we had vaginal intercourse and he did after he got done, he's like, um, my tongue is a little bit numb, like just a little, feels a little different, but he said it went away really quickly. And so I don't know, maybe that is a side effect, but he said it's not like it made his entire mouth go completely numb, but that just anecdotally is what he experienced and what I experienced as well. Sorry, not sorry. You guys have heard plenty of stories about my sex life on this show. So uh, there you go. There is my product review for Haley, the CBD water-based lubricant from Pure Romance. Again, thank you to Kelly Jackson. You can find her on socials at grownupsexed or grownupsexed.com. This was not a paid endorsement. This was simply me. Um, first off, thank you, Kelly, for the sample. I appreciate it. I'm happy to give you a shout out. I'm happy to give Pure Romance a shout out. I think that they're a fantastic company. But yeah, didn't get paid for it. Just got the free product. If you've got this product, or you try it, I would love your feedback. You can email me, Kristen, at openthedoorscoaching.com. And we're back. So thanks so much for sticking with me through the break. Again, I'm here with Victoria, and uh, she's just been telling us a little bit about her story, but now we're going to get into talking about kind of the, the future stuff, the moving forward. What are you doing now, and what are you going to kind of do with all of, of this learning and these awakenings that you've had? So in kind of what you were getting at there for a little bit was like focusing on what you want and getting really, really clear. When you talked about that book, like calling in the one, how a lot of these, a lot of times when people are focusing on what they want, they're not continuing to refine that thing, you know? So, you know, you get into a relationship, you have a lot of the things that you need, but you find the things that you don't need and you see whether or not you're compatible. And if not, you move on. And then at that point, a lot of people get stuck in the, well, I don't want that thing right. that I had with that person, rather than flipping it around into what you do want. Right. Right. So like Esther Hicks and Abraham Hicks, they're, they're big on, um, if you haven't checked them out, I definitely recommend adding that to your, your list of folks to, to check out. Um, but that is a big thing that they talk about is really focusing intently on what you need and what you want in life. Right. And then the universe just seems to, you don't have to tell it what you want as far as like how to bring it to you. You just got to like tell it what you need. Right. And it'll provide. And that sounds so crazy. I know it sounds like magic. It is about when you start putting that intention out there of what you want and what you need, then you start working for it. And when you start like really focusing on the authenticity of yourself, like 
here's what I want and I have to live those things too. Yeah. That's when the things really start to happen and start to shift. So I, that's kind of where you're at now, right? Is you're, yeah. you're in the, the sh- you've made the shift and you're out there being more intentional and, and doing what you want with your life. Asking for what, we, what you want, but I, what I always, I actually have it on my desk at work and it's offer the vibration before the manifestation. It's like, feel it, feel mm-hmm. what you want. And then like I, after going through like being cheated on multiple times, I was always like, I don't want to get cheated on. I don't. And then it, it's almost, it's fear driven. Mm-hmm. And so then I was living with the vibration of fear and anxiety. So of course I kept drawing in that. Mm-hmm. So when you switch that and you start like I started writing like in a gratitude journal. Thank mm-hmm. you that my man is just so faithful and so gentle and so loving. Mm-hmm. And when you're offering that and envisioning that, that's like now what I have in my life. And exactly. Like, and it's a shift, right? Yeah, exactly. And just so it's so different because you begin to know that you're going to receive those things when you least expect it yeah. too. And in the coolest, like most unique ways. And one of the things that you did say, now that I think back about that, is showing up and not knowing what the result is going to be. You know, when you just show up and you are yourself without any expectation of what you're going to receive, that is where the power really lies. Kind of like the workshop. I showed up and didn't expect to be on a podcast. Right? (laughs) Right? You just showed up and you were yourself. But the universe knows, like, I want to share my story. I want to impact others and didn't know it was going to be, you know, this month. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought maybe years down the road, but that's kind of where I'm headed is, like, I want to write. I want to write a book and I want to impact others just sharing my story and coaching I'm in the process of becoming a life coach myself mm-hmm. and well and that's it's important that, you know a lot of people who who get out and become coaches have been through a lot in their lives and they feel like they have something to offer the world and how to heal from those things right um I don't know I kind of feel like one of the things we sort of glossed over earlier before the the break was in order to overcome something in your past you do have to sort of let it back in yeah and kind of sit with it yes and if you don't it's going to be presented in your life until you do is what I'm learning I have even just like wounds from myself you know and they present themselves in other people and I'm triggered and I'm like why does this person make me so angry Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh when you really sit with it and reflect on it because something about them is triggering something you haven't forgiven yourself for. And it's crazy, though, because when you choose to sit with those things, then you're eliminating the things that trigger you. Mm-hmm. And you find peace, and you find joy, and you find just this calmness about life that you can't have without facing the pain. You just can't. Yeah. I really feel like, I know it's been said out there before. I'm not the first one to say this, but pain is really the only thing that you grow from. Like when you go to the gym and you work out and then the next day you're sore, you have that pain. It's because your muscles tore and they're now rebuilding. Right. And that, and I'm not saying that we need to like really relive trauma, but we do have to sit into those feelings of everything that's associated with it. So that we can process it and so that we can filter through 
all the things that are there. Right. Because again, that, like you say, it comes back around. And if yep. you're not dealing with it, then Amanda Palmer in her concert this summer, I think I told you this when we met one-on-one, Amanda Palmer said, if you don't deal with the trauma, it goes to the basement of your soul and it lifts weights. Right. It just grows and it festers and you have to deal with it. You have to work through it. And you've got to find the healthy ways to work through that, whether that's therapy or it's books it's community it's a combination of all the things um you've got to find what works for you right but you owe it to yourself and you owe it to everybody in your life to work through it you got to do the work forget everybody else do it for you do it for you, you know and then you'll have a heart to want to do it for other people for yeah. me if you would have said anything about doing it for other people i would have been like you know f other people Everybody hurts me, and so getting to the point where you say, I'm going to do this for me because I want to enjoy life. And the great thing about the pain is the deeper the pain, the greater the victory. I like fully have lived through that. It's like I've been in the darkest of the dark, but there's moments where I just have like joyous cries because I'm like, I'm free. Like I'm free. I'm no longer afraid of that darkness when before I was afraid to even be alone because I was afraid of the pain. I was afraid of the thoughts. And that's what led me to go through so much depression. And so now it's like when you finally face it, you can overcome it. And then you're not afraid of it anymore. And then pain becomes your avenue of victory. I like that. I like that a lot. Pain becomes your avenue for victory. Mm-hmm. Nicely said. <laughs> So you said you want to become, you're on the path to becoming a life coach and sharing about your, your journey and helping other people heal. Life coaches are one of those things that a lot of people out there have, have heard about, but don't really understand the process. I mean, what I do as a sex coach, I've already explained multiple times in the show, <laughs> but being a life coach is a little bit different. So how do you tell people about your approach to life coaching? When I came to Alan. I was thinking like, oh, this person, I thought I was in a good place. I was like, this person's going to help me elevate to all new levels. And he did, but he emotionally and like internally I've elevated and externally. My entire life has changed, but I thought it was going to be something that was more of like externally, you know, but really to have anything externally change, things internally do have to change. So we have spent a lot of time of digging into the pain and helping me to become my authentic self. And we just live with so many people who don't know who they are. And to actually change a life, you have to have help somebody become authentic. And so that to me is like now, when I started going through actually becoming a life coach, we realized we had to go back because you can't hold space for people to help people to grow and help people become their true selves if you're around people who are constantly triggering your past. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's been about healing so that I can hold space for people so that I'm not being triggered by them and they can be their authentic self and it it be a safe place. Mm -hmm. So that's really what... There's probably different approaches really for coaching, that's the type of coach that I want to be is to help people truly become free in who they are and help them discover who they are. I don't have an idea specifically of what type of 
coaching I want to do other than I've just been so impacted in my life through what Alan and I have done that I know I want to do that but I also want to just I just had this vision of being on a stage I don't know Mm -hmm. you know I don't that's all I know Uh maybe I need to fine-tune it but I have this I know I have this calling to empower and to be some type of speaker and I'm I know I have a gift of writing so I've been writing a lot Mm -hmm. Um, I have plans to have a book I wrote one about two years ago but it was a very different side of me Mm -hmm. the very angry bitter side of me Mm. so my goal in the next year is to revamp that into who I am now and what's authentic to the person that I am now or maybe be really cool to like have both sides I was just thinking that like maybe the part one and the part two yeah like to show that process Hmm. yeah because something that you described earlier sounded very much when you said that you used to be very angry I mean that sounds like kind of someone who's in that first step of really grieving um for themselves or for the experiences that they've had um or for the, the life that you didn't get to to have I was actually listening to a podcast this morning by Steve Weatherford. I don't know if you know who he is, but mm. he's an ex-NFL football player, but he is talking about his physique now, and he's like, the, he was such a soft person internally that couldn't handle the the pain of life and dealing with it that he became such a hard person externally through working out. And he's like, I really resonate with that because that was me. Like, I started focusing on working out so hard to become look like I was tough on the exterior whereas like now I'm just so the different like I'm just such a soft gentle person and mm-hmm. not angry anymore I think that's why I did karate back in college was because <laughs> I was just trying to protect something yeah. about myself um and it wasn't even about like physically there was something that, yeah, emotionally back then that I was just so like sad and depressed and felt all alone that it was something that I felt like I could do to kind of build up that armor. Yeah. To feel empowered. Mm-hmm. Like don't mess with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very much so. For a few years I had that like don't mess with me sort of attitude. Yep. People wouldn't even approach me. I had that great resting bitch face. <laughs> now I just smile most of the time. <laughs> A few times I have seen you in person. Yes, you've been smiling. One of the things that can be really challenging for coaches is also balancing the entrepreneurship side. And you're just kind of like getting getting into that, right? You're kind of doing more of the focus on your, your training and, and your skill and things like that. And then it'll kind of come the entrepreneur side, the business building side. Right. So are you ready for that part? I feel like I've kind of been pushed into it just even with the workshop. Mm-hmm. As Alan would say, you're ready for whatever's right in front of you. Like, you're not taken to that moment if you weren't ready. And so that's kind of, like, with all of this, I feel like I'm kind of being shoved in that direction mm-hmm. because I I literally told Alan, I was like, I'm waiting to just kind of be shoved that way <laughs> um, because that's how I've, a lot of my growth has been is, like, I was pushed out of certain situations to kind of shove me in the right direction Uh and so I'm hard-headed where I love my job and where I'm at and especially love like how successful I've been there so it's going to take 
quite a bit for me to, I don't know if I'm bold enough to just take that full step. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, if it's meant to be, I'll be shoved. <laughs> so, huh. well, and it's, I think it's important to try to put a plan in place and then right. execute that plan. Even if that plan is start off with the basics for my business, yeah. like take some classes so that I understand what I need to do as far as like business formulation. Do I want to do an LLC or a, you know, an S corp? Do I want to be located, you know, you got to think about like where your office is going to be located for a state line since we're here, you know, yeah. between Missouri and Kansas. You need to think about the financing part. Like, are you, how are you going to bootstrap? Are you going to market? Are you, you know, doing your financial documents, like your profit and loss and your cash flow and your, your business bank account, like all that stuff is something that you got to start considering right. soon. So there's lots of classes out there for you. So if you'd like some connections or you can find some good entrepreneurial resources here in Kansas City, because we do have the mission of being the most entrepreneurial city in the country. I believe it. So I can help connect you to some of those things. Because that, that is something that a lot of people, I don't want to say they forget about, but they put it on the back burner. Right. And if you've never run a business before, like you don't know what you don't know. But right. there's resources out there like mentors and classes and all the things. Right. So be happy to connect you to that stuff when you're ready. I'll awesome. probably send you a follow-up email yeah. today that's like, here's what you need to look at. Here's <laughs> well, I wrote down to. a whole bunch the other day when we talked. And so I still have those. But yeah. Yeah, I'm probably going to. I'll probably add to that list for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do that. I want, I want you to be successful. I want every coach out there to be successful. And therapist, whatever it is. Like just people who are out there in the community trying to help people live happier, healthy lives. Uh, the service-based business. I want them to be to to flourish and be successful because we have a lot of people out there who have not sat in that pain. We have a lot of people out there who are not living their lives authentically. Um, people who aren't having the best sex of their lives. All those things, you know. Right. So we can get out there and help them, but we got to be good business people. The more you get out of the pain, the higher that vibration. Exactly. Gets. Yes. Yes. So they can see you oh to help gosh. them raise their vibrations and do all those things, and then they can come see me. So I'm happy to send them to you. I first will say to work on the life stuff. First. Since I know you are a sex coach. One of the things that has been great is like through that healing, like I'm so much more like free in that area. Mm-hmm. So it's sorry, well, mom willing, and dad, but willing it's to, great. Willing to, good. <laughs> willing to explore a little bit more and let your guard down. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Or just being comfortable in my skin in a different way that I'm so much more present mm-hmm. that it's just like nothing I've ever experienced before. And that's what it takes is learning to let go of whatever it is and just be present in, in that moment, moment yeah. with yourself or with that partner yeah. and simply experiencing pleasure and nothing more. Yeah, but that takes time and it takes practice, right? But I think it does take a lot of practicing self-love and forgiveness. Right. You know, letting some shit go. Being being yourself, too. Right. Like, and being yourself in the bedroom is so important. Yeah, and forgiving yourself of the things that maybe didn't align with you before that have been like a roadblock mm-hmm. to really letting yourself enjoy that think that was me like I didn't let myself enjoy those moments because I felt so much shame because of things oh yes word there it is yep yeah that's what that's what blocks a lot of people especially you know you mentioned the the religious upbringing yes exactly you know so many people experience religious-based shame when they get older even years after they've left the church or have 
you know, no practice of faith whatsoever in their lives at this point, they still, after they masturbate, feel dirty. Yeah. Or, you know, they have this beautiful sexual experience with their partner and... Because they're not married. It's bad. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So they start oh, just man. like those feelings of shame boil up. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even have context around like what is what is this feeling I'm experiencing right, right now? They don't even recognize it as shame. It's a negative just, belief. Mm-hmm. They just start thinking about words like dirty, bad, wrong sinful right shame yep so that's what we can help people work through absolutely Absolutely. (laughs) well let's do your tarot reading i've already shuffled the cards for you here victoria so we're doing this live (laughs) yes so just cut it into three three um stacks for me there three stacks okay okay so that was your second one Flip that top card over there for me. Okay, so you got the hermit. (laughs) Considering what you talked about earlier, just describe what you see on the card here. There is, in the background, an orange-ish sky, and then a really dark mountain. Mm-hmm. It's kind of green and gray, and then there's a very angry wolf-looking creature in the front with its back turned toward me and its face looking to the left. Sort of a werewolf-like creature, yeah. right? Yeah, and looks like he's on his knees in front of a body of water. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the water part. It almost yeah. looks like he's, like, hunched down, like, grabbing his heart, like his, his hands in front of him somehow. See how the other arm's yeah, down? Yeah, the other arm's hands down. Up. Like he's crying at something. Hmm. Well, see, the hermit is about solitude, meditation, contemplation, research, and isolation. Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah, and that was kind of what you had talked about was the the need to kind of go into oneself and deal with, you know, what, what they have going on there. So the hermit mode is all about, like, you are retreating to solitude. To, to heal and to grow. Yeah. So a lot of people think of the hermit as being someone like, oh, you just you just want to be on your own. You want right. to be left alone. But it is to be left alone in order to to learn and to fix ourselves right. and to grow so that we can reemerge into the world someone who's who's experienced healing and who's had that growth and who can then, again, be out in the world with other people and not be putting their trauma onto others. It's so funny because I'm having one of those moments of synchronicity just based off of something I read earlier that mm-hmm. was all about like, because that's really been my thing is like going into solitude. But recently I've just been more busy and more preoccupied that my moments of solitude are like a couple of times a week versus every single day. But I read something even the other day that was, I really resonated with me. It was like, you need to go into solitude. This is how you heal. This is how you become your best. This is how you change people is through you discovering yourself. And so that's really interesting. (laughs) Again, the universe just brings you the messages that you're supposed to see. Seriously. (laughs) That's how it works. Well, Victoria, thank you so, so very much for being on today and being vulnerable and being authentic and and sharing your story and your journey through life. It's been fun. (laughs) Glad you came today. Thanks for having me.
Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called the Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.